this, this is such a weird setup. I sit behind you, like in this studio. I'm staring at the back here. This must be what it's like to be Goose and Maverick. I'm Goose, you're Maverick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with a stick right now. Except for I die. Oh, I don't like that. Ooh, spoilers. But wait, Goose, uh, he had a hot wife, Meg Ryan. He's a good volleyball player. Was he? No, he was dead by the volleyball scene, wasn't he? Oh, I've. You know what? I've never seen Top Gun all the way through. What? <laughs> Did I spoil it? I've seen bits and pieces. I think. I don't think you can spoil a movie from the what? Is that late eighties? Yeah. Um, I've never sat through the entire thing start to finish. Anyway, my point of this story is I'm sitting directly behind. Why do we have this weird setup? I'm staring at the back of your head. Your hair actually looks okay now because you have a hat on. Mm-hmm. So. That fixed everything. No, I got one of those COVID haircuts. I got my best girl to cut my hair, Mm. thinking that, oh, this will be funny. She'll do an okay job. It won't be great, but it won't be bad. She might have a little hiccup there, and that'll be adorable. Yeah. She butchered me so badly. Does she feel bad because we keep making fun of your hair? Like, is there— Remorse is not the tone I get from her. No? No, I— Sort of, like, serves you right? Yeah. Oh. It's like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? So she made a mistake. And then I think what happened is she just tried to dig her way out of it. Panic took over. And half of the back of my head looked like I got ran over by a lawnmower. But like a lawnmower that had one wheel missing and the other two are at different levels. Yeah. It's a weird angle she got going there. It ran over a bunch of rocks, Mm -hmm. this lawnmower. And yeah, she absolutely butchered my hair. So I put on a hat and made her cut all the hair below the hat line. On the back she of my head. Tra- she used the hat to... Yeah. What if you decide you want to wear a different hat, though, Bryce? I have... I think I have two hats that currently effectively cover it. And uh, they have to be fitted hats, because if it's a snapback, mm. you can... There's that little window to my failure. Could be worse. I, As a guy who shaves his head, have you noticed the tan spot on the back of my head? Oh, yeah, I did. That's brutal. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Don't cut your own hair. No. Just wait that one out. We're on? Wait, what? A lawn chair is a good town chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the size so you can lay it flat. I can watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my old lawn chair. Welcome to the Lawn Chair Profits. My name's Garner Andrews. That's Bryce Kelly over there. Bryce, your best girl Gave you a nasty haircut. Mm-hmm. I gave my best girl nothing. Nothing. It was wow. Her birthday. She got ripped off. She has one of those quarantine birthdays. <sighs> on one hand, I feel for them. On the other hand, I never celebrate my birthday anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, if my birthday's in February. So I, I dodged this by about a month or so. And had I fallen into the quarantine birthday category, I don't think my life would have changed. But there are some people who would be absolutely devastated. My wife is not one of those people. She doesn't make a big deal out of her birthday. So I think I feel worse about it than she does because I like to get her some. I can't go shopping for my wife on the best. Even when malls are open, yeah, she's impossible to buy for. Yeah, you want to get her a little something. Yes, but I, I got nothing for it. I made her a coupon for a hug. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly did that hit the garbage? No, I didn't. I did make her. I, <laughs> I went into Word, Microsoft Word, and I printed off a certificate. Uh, this the bearer of this certificate can redeem it uh, for a post-pandemic gift of their choosing. And then I listed a bunch of stuff in there: uh, jewelry, precious stones, 
stilts. Oh, perfect. Heelys, firearms, a new car. Uh, well, I hope she goes with the stilt option. I hope she does not go with new car. Who picks up stilts late in life? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she'll be a stilt person. I Maybe. don't know. But anyway, <laughs> she she's okay with it. But my point is there are certain people, people that you and I know very well, who when their birthday is approaching, like weeks out, they start laying track. Like they start laying birthday track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we know one person, she was devastated. She had a pandemic birthday. Yeah, she was devastated that she couldn't have a party. Yeah. In fact, she wanted to push for it. It was right at the beginning of the whole thing, and she wanted to push the envelope and still have a party. And most people were like, no, I think this is a bad idea. Well, no, I think her birthday rolled around like the same day they shut bars down, I think. Yeah, it was It was was the same day, I think. It was right at the very beginning, (laughs) and she wanted to push it. And and she laid all that track, so like the week leading up to it, people were like, I don't think we're going to come. Who's coming to my party? Woo! And that was the most devastating blow I think she's ever faced. Yeah, she's still not over it? No. You see her regularly outside of this building? I think she's planning some kind of post-pandemic party. Meanwhile, everybody else has moved on and everybody's trying to recover financially, trying to get their relationships back in order again. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, she wants you to come to her party. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> She's, this sounds awful. She's a good person. No, some people are just super into their birthdays. Yeah, like her. And yeah, this quarantine period, you kind of get the raw end of the stick on this one. Uh, hello there. Uh, you're talking about uh, quarantine birthdays. Yeah. Did you have a quarantine birthday? I did. It was an amazing birthday. <laughs> In that nothing happened? No. I, traditionally, for my birthday, we go to Julio's, and I have uh, a couple of bulldogs and some nachos. So in place of that, my wife bought all the gear for nachos, and we made uh, bulldogs at home. So it was just like Julio's, but without any of the atmosphere. Yeah, none of the people, and... Uh, well, we still had Mexican music and sombreros, so, I mean, it was pretty much just like Julio's. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that um, it would suck. Like, it's, if you're a person who makes a big deal out of your birthday, like everybody needs to know, and you got to know who's coming to your party and everything, it probably sucks a bit. But at the same time, you are really kind of part of an exclusive club, maybe two or three months of people. Exactly. How many people will get to say that yeah, you know, yeah. 10 years from now? Yeah. Only, <laughs> only a quarter of you. Yeah, so a third of you, no, a quarter of you will have a really, really interesting story to tell 40 or 50 years from now. That's the same way I feel about the high school grads, because I know you know a high school grad. So my daughter is graduating from high school, plus she turned 18. So that's the legal drinking age here, which seems insane. Yeah, when when you really (laughs) think about it, it was awesome when you're 18. Yeah, but now I think back, what? She can go to the bar. She can't even go to the bar. All of her friends are turning 18 years old. None of them can go to the bar. So I know it stings right now, but yeah. ultimately, like, you know what I remember from my high school graduation? Yeah. Nothing. Not- it was unremarkable in every way. Yeah. And now this one, you will have a good story, but it will sting for, the, for a moment. But ultimately, it'll be all right. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly are the Lawn Chair Prophets. Two guys just watching the world go by. So I was reading this thing online. It was just stories of... I think it was called Super Amazing Coincidences, So Amazing You Won't Believe Them. The headline was really, really clunky. Trust me. 
It was. And it was okay. just stories of people who have gone to a certain place in another part of the world and they ran into the janitor from their high school, that type stuff. Okay, I see. Like, what are the chances of these stories? Some of them were really, really good. Some of them were a little, uh, eh, you know what? Eh, oh. That's okay. Okay. Yeah, I do like a good coincidence. Yeah. A quinky dink. That's what I call them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, had to go to, oh, okay, I'm going to read you one right here. This is not me. This, these are not my words. These are somebody else's words. I had to get a testicular ultrasound. Mm. I was already uneasy due to the sizable amount of handling and manipulation that I knew the tech would have to do. As I sat in the dimly lit exam room waiting, the tech walks in the door. That's when I realized my high school best friend's little sister had grown up, went to college, and became an ultrasound technician. Ooh. <laughs> wow. I've known her since she was a baby. Lost track of what she was up to after we got done high school. Well, hey, now I knew. I think that's when the term coinky dink may ah, have originated. That's good. Man, having your best friend's little sister handle you down there. That's Ooh. rough. Yeah. Especially because it's probably it's a thorough inspection and so are you, Yikes. does bro code, does that, um, is one of the codes you have to tell your best friend that his little sister was, you know, working on you? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. And I think he would understand. Uh, that would be just a little awkward. I couldn't imagine you're already in a position where you're anxious and nervous and uncomfortable and in walks someone you know Ugh. to handle it. Oh, no way. No way. Uh. Garner, Bryce, I traded my car in two years ago at a dealership in Edson, Alberta. Mm, beautiful. My hometown. About three months later, I see my old car parked four stalls down from my stall in my condo parking lot. The woman that lives in the same building as me here in Edmonton bought my old car from a dealership in Edson. I hope she doesn't have any trouble with it or she's going to blame you, actually. Wow, that is that it would be really weird. Like, how far is Edson from here? A couple hours? Two and a half hours? Yeah, a couple hours. Yeah. Man, that would be so strange. Would you just fall back into old times and all of a sudden you're trying to get into your old car? Ooh. And the owner comes out and thinks you're a thief? That'd be something. Ooh. Uh, let's grab this one right here. I'm just calling to tell you about a coincidence. Oh, an incident of coincidence. An incident of coincidence. Yes. Okay. Yeah, thank you to Matt once again for coming up with the name. Thank you, dude. Oh, Matt, okay. Yeah. Matt is also my boyfriend's name, so I was like, what? Wow, okay. there's another incidence of coincidence, because there's nobody That's named right. Matt. Anyway, what, what's, what's your name? <laughs> my name is Kim. Okay, Kim, what's your story? Um, so my boyfriend's dad married my dad's ex-wife. So, hang on a second. Does yes. that mean you're related to your boyfriend now? No, well, you must ask if we were already dating. Pardon me, sorry, your phone kind of crapped out there for a second. Oh, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> that we've is talked about, spicy. We've talked about that on this show before, haven't we? About uh, dating a little too close to home. <laughs> yeah, I think that was not that long ago. Dating in the shallow end of the gym pool. <laughs> and oh. Here we go. Uh Garner, I had to go for a col colonoscopy. Oh, boy. They insisted it was better if I stay awake. Gross. Okay. 
some more bad news, though, too, is that they were out of the uh, regular tubing they used for the colonoscopy. All they had left was industrial fire hose. Oh, that's a bad day. And some lube, but it worked. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had to go for a colonoscopy. They insisted it was better if I stay awake. As my husband and I were waiting for the doctor to come back with the results, turns out the doctor knew my husband from school. And now that guy knows a side of me that I wish he didn't. Oh. All too clear. Please don't share my name. Great. Well, I won't because I don't know your name. Well, I hope your husband and his old friend didn't reconnect too much because it would be awkward to have a dinner party with that guy after the fact. Oh, Have Can a dinner imagine? party with someone who performed a colonoscopy on you? <laughs> You're still laying there on the table. <laughs> In a really, really unflattering position. And you're like, oh, my God, you got to come over. Kim makes roast beef that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, so, Dave, what are you up to these days? Ooh. So you got married. Yeah. Oh. Uh, where do we want to go next? <laughs> you shouldn't be allowed to have a medical procedure performed on you by someone you uh, uh, know or are familiar oh, with in any I know. Way. I agree. Like, as a matter of fact— when you show up for your colonoscopy, you should be able to ask to see the doctor's portfolio. And uh, it traces him all the way back to childhood. You have to exchange family trees and friendship trees just to mm-hmm. make sure there's no overlap. And if there is, get that colonoscopy somewhere else. Uh, do we have another call? I think we do. Let's grab this. Hi. Hey, I got another one of those stories for you for you wouldn't believe it. Mm, hang on. Hang on just a second. You wouldn't believe it is actually a way better name than what we've been calling this. Uh, but go ahead. What, what's your story? So I got married last summer. My grandmother had given me her jewelry as a gift to wear for my wedding. Sometime throughout the evening, I lost the bracelet. It fell off. So we scoured everywhere. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. This weekend, I was cleaning my SUV out for spring cleaning. And where did I find it? But between my seat and the console, the bracelet that I had lost last summer and was devastated I had lost it. Um, in the meantime, I had also, you know, scoured Etsy and everything to try to find a replacement bracelet that looked the same without anybody knowing. I did find one on Etsy, but now I actually found the real bracelet again, too. Wow. So were you going to try and blow one by Grandma and see if she noticed? Um, I wasn't going to tell anybody, and I was going to pretend that the bracelet I replaced it with was the one that it always was. <laughs> Seriously, she was just going to try and blow it by her grandma, see if grandma even noticed. Can't fool granny. That's what I always say. Uh, you do. You say that quite regularly. Mm-hmm. My work hired a new assistant manager who had just moved to Alberta from Nova Scotia. After getting married, he went to his wife's grandmother's at Christmas and was shocked to see my picture hanging on the family picture wall. Turns out his wife is my cousin. Wow. Okay. That'd be strange. All of a sudden you see a new co-worker's photo in your, what was it? His grandma's. His grandma's house? His wife's grandma. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd be really weird. What a small world. Small, crazy world. One thing I've noticed about uh, incidents of coincidence stories is they're all super complicated. Yeah, none of them are ever brief. There were a few that came in of people who had like, like, oh, I traveled to Boston, went to Fenway Park to watch the Red Sox game and look over and my neighbor is sitting beside you. How disappointing would that be? You finally travel, you save up all the money to go on a dream trip to Boston to see your favorite team and Hank from next door is sitting there chowing down on a hot dog. Yeah, and he wants to talk to you about uh, your garbage cans. (laughs) 
doesn't like the fact that you put your garbage out the night before and he has to tell you about it while you're on vacation oh. at Fenway. <laughs> uh. I've never really, I've never bumped into anyone weird. We did have a text from somebody who, uh, she went to summer camp somewhere, like another part of the country. Then she was on the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco and almost ran over this guy on her bike as she was riding across the Golden State, uh, Golden Gate Bridge. And then she ran into him at a birthday party in another part of the country. That's crazy. When it's three times like that, I get the feel. I'm not a spiritual guy. I don't believe in, you know, magical voodoo sorcery. But at that point, you kind of have to think, maybe we're supposed to be in each other's lives. Yeah, I've seen enough romantic comedies to know they're supposed to be kissing in the rain by now. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be running a small independent bookstore. She's supposed to be a magazine editor or an assistant to a magazine editor. That's right. Yeah. And then they finally uh, get together, kiss outside of a dirty-looking alleyway in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how that's supposed to go. You have questions. The Lawn Chair Prophets have answers. Hey, Bryce. Hmm? I worked on this all night long. Okay, let's hear it. <clears throat> I want to know, have you ever been hit by a train or stabbed with a knife or been bitten by a snake? Okay. So Catchy. Yeah, the end kind of runs on a little bit. And you're probably thinking, like, if you're listening to this right now, you're like, oh, my God, those guys have a huge budget to get John Fogarty to sing a jingle for them. That's not John Fogarty. That's actually me. No. No, it's me, Bryce. What? Yeah, yeah. Couldn't tell. Yeah, so we started thinking to ourselves, businesses are reopening. People are going back to work after, like, seven or eight weeks. It's... You're going to be around people you haven't seen in a while, and you want to be interesting. Yeah, because I think everyone's coming out of this experience with really nothing interesting to say. We all sat around and watched the same TV shows. Mm -hmm. We couldn't go out and party, yeah. couldn't meet new people. You did nothing. Yeah, everybody's going to be like, yeah, I, uh, I tried to make sourdough too. Did you make sourdough? I didn't have a starter for it, yeah, so I couldn't. I couldn't find a place to get a sourdough starter. So. <laughs> like the small talk is going to be brutal. I know, and then we've all talked about Tiger King. Nobody wants to talk about Tiger King. We're good. We don't want to talk about how your dog is so confused because there's always people in the house and he's tired of going on walks. We've all experienced that. Yes, so we need to rely on... Uh, our old stories to yes. get us through and get that interesting fire ignited again. So that's why we came up with a little segment called, have you ever been? And then we fill in the blanks. So one of the things we did was, uh, have you ever been hit by a train? So as it turns out, a lot of people have been hit by a train or they know somebody who's been hit by a train. I personally never have been. I did witness someone get hit by a train. You you saw somebody get clipped by the mirror on an uh, like a LR tree. A yeah, it was an LRT LRT in Calgary, Banff Trail Station. That's mm -hmm. by uh, McMahon Stadium. I was standing there, and uh, a guy was standing over the yellow line. And Why? He had, he, I don't know. He had, he had to be on the train that much quicker than everybody else. I think he was too cool for school. Mm. That's what I think. And he had his back turned to the oncoming train, and I was standing there being like, "This is going to be close." And all of a sudden, the train, which had, like, its uh, side view mirrors out, and one of those mirrors just clocked him right in the back of the head. <laughs> Did he go down? He went down oh. right in the back of the dome. He wasn't Ooh. unconscious or anything. He didn't die. He was just hit by a mirror. 
But Did it, it make a sound like in cartoons when somebody gets hit like a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> it was a really large, large whack. Oh, did the mirror break? I think the mirror cracked, yeah. So he got a concussion and seven years of bad luck? You know what? Uh, I think the conductor, I, I remember the conductor kind of sticking his head out being like, huh? I don't know. And then continued on? Yeah, and I wasn't about to miss the train, so no. I jumped on that thing. And Did you just sort of kick the guy aside? <laughs> just step, push. O- step over his bloody body? Sorry. Ooh, was there blood? No, uh, no. But it was weird to see. Uh, hey, guys, my grandpa was hit, uh, was hit by a train as a young man when he was working on the railway in Ireland Oof. and lost half his foot. Oof. He worked on the railroads the rest of his life. And joked that he was the only man in Ireland who could honestly say he had a foot and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, good one, Grandpa. When you lose half your foot, though, like, how do you wear (laughs) flip-flops? Like, is there, do you use, like, a tape loop or two-sided tape and just tape it to your foot, your stumpy foot? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) How do you? Because in the summertime, or if you go on a vacation, you do. You don't want to be wearing shoes all the time. You want to be wearing sandals. What does what does your grandpa do during sandal season? I need to know. I'm sorry, I didn't think they you would keep half a foot. Well, let, like, look, I, at, I, I I'm going to do a see if all of a sudden my toes got cut off and that part of my foot. They're not going to take the whole thing. I kind of thought you had a whole foot or no foot. They'd be like, you know, they'd kind of be like, okay, well, you lost a huge chunk of this foot. We're going to take her back. <laughs> to the wo- <laughs> like, like you're sort of leveling a table. Yeah, yeah. Just to better fit a prosthetic or something. No, they would leave as much foot as they possibly could. <sighs> and this being an Irish grandfather, it's like if you lose four of your fingers, they don't take your whole hand. Like right? If you, if you cut your the top half of your hand off, yeah, they would leave your thumb and your little paddle, <laughs> <laughs> paddle or whatever. <laughs> Are you a duct? (laughs) Yeah. You could probably tell that I uh, used to work with amputees. And that being an Irish grandpa, he probably didn't even miss work. No, he probably got half a day. He probably had to take his lunch, go get that thing bandaged up, and then was back working on the the rails. But they probably didn't even have bandages. They probably just put duct tape on it. Potato sack. Yeah. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The paddle. Well, we we also, um, we've got another guy who contacted us and he was driving his car, like he crossed an uncontrolled railway crossing and he drove, he slid on ice right in front of a train coming at him at 85 kilometers an hour. I think that's flat out for a train. Yeah, that's a a lot of weight behind that train too. And he got T-boned, passenger side. He got knocked out, flipped through the air, woke up in his car, though, and the train didn't stop for like four and a half kilometers. And I know, I understand they don't exactly stop on a dime, but four and a half kilometers is a long way for a train to stop. At that speed, too. Like, I bet you the conductor kind of had his back turned for a second, heard a poof, poof. Huh? What was that? Huh? I don't know. Keep going. We hit a goose? <laughs> and then, so anyway, this guy gets himself out of his car and uh, walks across the road. There's some house over there, and he bangs on the door there and uh, tells them what happened. So instead of an ambulance taking to a hospital, his uncle came and picked him up. And this is where he lost a lot of points in this spectacular story. So he said instead of going straight to the hospital, he and his uncle went for breakfast. Oh, of course. So 
that, one does. You don't tell that part of the story. You you tell the story as, and then I was rushed to the hospital. Yeah, when you get T-boned by a train going at top speed. Yeah, leave the part out about... Um, yeah, your shoestring hash brown. Yeah, <laughs> shoestring hash brown. Did you go with, uh, did you go with dollar fries or... Oh. Shoestrings. Yeah, did you get eggs Benedict? What'd you eat for breakfast that day? Eggs over Miami. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind of take some of the punch away. Yeah. Knowing that you didn't have to go to the hospital right away. I want a story that you're put out. You're hung up. You got that thing going on where they have the, your leg in a cast that's suspended from a ceiling. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what not I want. real. <laughs> that's not a real. That happens only on TV. Uh, we've got somebody here on line four that claims they've got a better story. Eh, okay. Okay, yeah. No, it was uh, January 28th, uh, 2004. My son and I were going, I was taken to his hockey game on a Saturday morning. It rained the night before in December. This is just south of Innisfail, Alberta. And uh, I don't remember anything from 10 minutes before I hit the train till three days later. Ooh, you were out for three days? Yeah. You so, just got yourself 1,600 points for that. Okay, thanks. Okay. And uh, so, uh, like I said, I, I remember, last thing I remember telling my son is, we're going to stop at McDonald's for breakfast. We left in lots of time because I knew the roads were going to be bad because of the rain, the whole bit, right? Like I said, this is January, so it was uh, yeah. lots of ice on the road after this. I hit a train. I hit the front corner. I was driving a 1986 Jetta. I hit the front corner of the train engine. It spun me around. I, anyway, I ended up with uh, six to eight skull fractures. Ooh. I had half my face ripped off. Oh, boy. My son had a lacerated liver, a torn-up knee, a torn-up elbow, lots of facial uh, uh, laceration. I spent 10 days in Foothills Hospital. He spent 11 days in uh, Calgary Children's Hospital. Yeah, no, it, it, it was pretty nasty. Man, what a crazy story. And let me tell you this right now. You get 2,500 points if this story includes an air ambulance ride. Hey, you know what? That was me. You're our clubhouse leader. Okay. And, and, the, 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 and I always tell everybody, uh, the best thing that ever happened to me, I got hit by a train. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I was, uh, I was at a, a fairly low point in my life. Not, not. You know, I, I was. You know, I had relationship problems. I had, I had some substance, substance abuse problems, and then I was sober when it happened and all that. But it was just kind of a low point in my life, and and it brought everything into perspective. Cherish, cherish the important thing. Ooh, solid. Uh, the coma. Train got hit by a train. Coma. And an air ambulance. Man. That is the trifecta right there. Yeah, that's solid. That's what I want to hear. That's not going to get pancakes after you get hit by a train. No, no, no. That's you're in a coma for three days. That's another one. Yeah. Coma. Have you ever been in a coma? Have you ever been? You see, a coma to me seems like a relaxing time. It's like when they show somebody in a coma on one of those medical shows on TV, they're always like, oh my God, that looks so peaceful. Yeah, they're just laying there resting. Like they wake up after a few days and they're like, oh my God, I'm so rested. I didn't think about work once or my loveless marriage. Yeah. Have you ever been like completely exhausted and you go to bed and you wake up 10 hours later and you're like, oh, I needed that. Yeah. And the worst thing is you might have a little cramp in your neck or something, yeah. but, that's, but it's gone the minute you stand up. Yeah. A little cramp and some pillow face. Yeah. 
That's, that's the worst. The thing. Worst. I can't imagine a coma being that bad. Yeah. Well, uh, we got somebody who says they were in a coma. Hmm. Will I grab this? Hello. Hello. Hey, it's Garner. How's it going? Good. What's your name, or do you want to say? Uh, TJ. TJ. Yeah. So Bryce and I were doing this thing called "Have you ever been?" And this time around, we're doing "In a Coma." And you say yes, you have. Yes. How long? Uh, it was about ten days. A ten day coma. Mm-hmm. Medically induced. Medically induced. Yep. Okay. What was going on? Well, I was uh, rushed to the ER by ambulance because I was having seizures, and they couldn't figure out what was going ro- going on. So they put me in the coma to um, save my brain, basically. So when you're out for 10 days, and it's, I mean, 99% of us will go through our entire lives and never be in a coma, but Bryce and I were talking about how it just seems like one of those things you wake up from it, and you're like, oh man, I'm so rested. I didn't think about work once. Is it like that? No, um, because of the seizures I was having, my body went through uh, physical hell, so I was in a lot of pain when I woke up. Like, literally everything hurt. And I lost, I lost a third of my body weight during that time, too. Wow. Yeah. A thir- in 10 days? In 10 days, yep. Huh. So you're saying coma, not a good experience? Not, no, not fun. That one was not fun. Have you ever compared notes with other people that have been in a coma, though, like to find out whether their experience was different? You know, I don't think I've met someone who's been in a coma. See, neither have I, and that's what makes you so bloody interesting. <laughs> no, we're trying to find interesting stories for people to tell now that the world is reopening and you don't want to be that guy who goes back to work. Hey, did anyone see Tiger King? No, right. you can be the guy by the water cooler going, Hey, I ever tell you about that one time I was in a coma. Yeah. Pretty much everyone I know knows. <laughs> oh, really? Are they tired of hearing about it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't talk about it often, yeah. but it's, it's been 16 years. So, okay. Is everything okay now? Uh, yeah, I, I ended up with a permanent headache, but uh, that's better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate this. Thank you for being on. Have you ever been? No problem. Well, that's kind of disappointing, actually. That, I mean, I mean, devastating that they had to be put in a coma. For but, I honestly thought you'd be all refreshed. Yeah, that kind of burst my bubble. Maybe coma is not what I want. He did lose weight, though. Yeah, can't complain about that. There is always the upside. I wonder if there are people. Huh, hear me out on this. People who just don't want to make time to exercise, and they're like, hmm, I got 10 days of vacation I need to burn off. (laughs) (laughs) I could use to drop 20, 25 pounds. I'll bet you there are people out there who would pay to be put in a medically induced coma so they could shed some weight. Yeah, you have to book a week off of work. Yeah. What What are you doing? Going to going on vacation? Not nah. telling. No, I got other things going on. No, nah, I'm going to coma. Yeah, where's that? Is that in Mexico? Is that on the Baja Peninsula? <laughs> no, no, coma is a thing. They put you in at a hospital. Man, but can you imagine all of the people right now, Bryce, who have their wedding dress or they have their wedding suit all ready to go for this summer? But then it's like. Mm. We're getting married next summer because we can't do it this summer because, you know, pandemic. So next summer starts to roll around and you're like, oh, my God, I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was last summer. I will never fit my dress. Coma center. Wow. I can already see the testimonial commercials. Of yes. The one sitting there like, 
Thank you, Coma. <laughs> no, Coma Center. <laughs> Thank you, Coma Center, for yeah. getting me the dream wedding dress I've always wanted. We have a TV commercial with a doctor, you know, and uh, she's wearing the white doctor's coat that they never wear except for in television commercials to indicate that they are, in fact, a doctor. Stethoscope. For some reason, you couldn't put that stethoscope away for a few minutes to shoot a TV commercial, so you just drape it around your shoulders, yeah. around your neck. Like, Coma Center will get you that 15 pounds off that you've just been struggling with. Yeah. Side effects may include night terrors, brain damage. <laughs> yeah. Suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Explosive diarrhea. Club foot. Yeah. And damage to all your internal organs. Uh, how about this one? This one has nothing to do... Oh, this one has nothing to do with a train wreck or a coma, but listen to this. A chicken truck drove through my brother's house at 6 a.m., took the end off his bed, Ooh. <laughs> just as my brother's alarm was going off to get up. He looked up, and the ceiling tile particles were raining down. My brother thought it was glass. Half the house was gone, and his son, who was about 10, slept right through it. The son got up, wandered sleepily down the hall the, to where half the house was missing, and he freaked out. The driver had fallen asleep on the hill and just rolled right on through the house, stopped 10 feet after the house. Everyone was okay, but a lot of chickens died. Ooh. Front page of the paper was me sitting near the rubble, petting a chicken. I was seven years old. I hope that wasn't one of those dead chickens. Oh, my God. First of all, my big takeaway from this is there's something wrong with that kid. Who nobody, slept through the house being hit by a chicken truck? Nobody should be able to sleep through that. No. If that happens, something's wrong. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine the confusion. Your alarm's going off. You're like, oh, Tuesdays. All of a sudden, there's a truck in your room and your bed's taken apart. <laughs> What? Uh, oh, another coma story. Do you want this one? Oh, yeah. Someone tell, I hope it's different and that's comas are delightful. No. I was in a coma when I was two for a week and a half. I don't remember anything about it, but I do remember waking up asking for apple juice. Eh. When you're two years old and you're in a coma, it's not, you don't know anything different. Yeah. Like you're just, hey, that's life. That's what happens. You go into a coma from time to time. And <laughs> when you wake up, you're really thirsty. Yeah. You have no woes to escape. <clears throat> yeah. It's not two. like you have a, a job that's crushing your soul and spirit. And you need to escape or you need to dump 20 pounds in a hurry. Yeah. What a, what a waste of a coma. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, not a train, but my wife was flattened by an armored bank car. As she illegally crossed at an intersection, she was nearly killed and managed to be the top story in Medicine Hat, Alberta for three days. Matt, wow, top story in Medicine Hat. Wow. For three days? Ran over by a car. Ooh, an armored car. Do you know what Ooh. those things weigh? Yeah. It's like a Brinks truck. Man, they're probably mad at you for getting run over, too. Probably. Okay, one more. Okay. Uh, how about you guys do, have you ever been... Attacked by a wild animal. Ooh, that's well, solid. I have recently. Oh, right, the goose. Yeah. That story's kind of shameful. That one doesn't count. No, that one's embarrassing. Uh, when my cousin was four, a cougar in Banff National Park grabbed her. My grandfather, a World War II veteran who was the definition of old man strength, walked up to the cougar and took my cousin back. Allison. Oof, that's a grandfather who's seen some things. Oh, yeah. And you can just walk up to a cougar and be like, that's mine. 
Bonk. Take a kid out of its claws. Yeah. Oof. Well, my big takeaway so far is that, uh, disappointingly, comas don't sound as delightful as they appear. No. Like when you see a coma on a soap opera or something, you're like, oh, geez. Yeah. I could use a week. Mm-hmm. But uh, turns out, not fun. So coma center will not be a reality? Well, I wouldn't say that. Thanks for listening to the Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of the Lawn Chair Profits stay in the dumpster behind the building by the rail yard. Classy. Ah.